baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Well, that was Bob. What do you think? 860522WTIC. John and Meredith. Hi, John. Yes, John. Hello, sir. How are you? What's up, John? Well, I have a problem. The governor is... uh raising the uh, emission standards. Many people in Connecticut are having a hard time, and their cars might not pass emissions. This is wrong. It's enough already, isn't it, with the government regulation and the government driving up the cost of everything? Yes, I agree, sir. But when you go to emissions, they raise the standards. Yes. So many people cannot afford a new car or a newer, newer used Especially car. with the, the taxes on the cars. Amen. But these people who are paying taxes on their cars, with the governor just doing today, he's raising the emission standards. Many cars will not pass emissions, no matter even if they fix the car. This is wrong. John, thank you for the call. You rock and roll and have a great weekend. 860-522-9842. John is a special guy with with unusual insights as well. So we love hearing from him. Yeah, uh, reactions, please, to Bob's appearance. Uh, he's listening now, driving back... The Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yep, Friday afternoon. The heat is here. It's glorious. Don't sweat it, as they say. Go with it. Roll with it. I love that feeling. It's such a weird feeling to, to feel like you're stepping into an oven. <laughs> but the heat is like that. Even today, it's not as humid, but still. Very intense. All right, Bob was here, and we're getting reaction to the Stefanowski appearance. 860-522-WTIC. Rant line number 860-751-4698. And we're going to talk with James in Windsor now. Hi, James. Hi there, Todd. Hey, look, I really enjoy listening to Bob, and I definitely support him. But what I want to talk about is how the Connecticut Republican Party and Bob is going to have to be fighting every single day against our local news anchors and the way they present the news on Channel 61, Channel 8, and Channel 3. Every day, it's like an ad for the Democrats. And let me give an example about gas prices. Gas prices had over $5 a gallon 
And what happens now is as gas prices drop a little, and by the way, they're still, if you have premium, it's still over five in Newington, but they announce every day, gas prices went down by two cents. That's amazing. No, the problem is when Trump was in office, it was 234 a gallon. I don't care if gas is 458 or 498. It's still almost five bucks. That's what really affects people. And yes, and, and going down 20 cents or 40 cents doesn't make you feel good. And by the way, we're going into a recession. There, there's no, You don't have to worry. There's certain things the conspiracy of the media to do a bad job and to suck up to the Democrats is problematic. And there's other ways it hurts them. And for them to be pretending everything is wonderful because the thing that doubled has gone down 5%, you know, that's that's just them failing to relate to their audience, and they're and Todd, making a big mistake. Some, Todd, can I mention something else? It's how they don't explain. For instance, the reality is I read the other day in the small print that uh, when Bob's talking about audits of state agencies, the state agency that was involved in building that pier that was supposed to be for the wind power overseas, <laughs> over the coast, yeah. was supposed to cost, like, $90 million, and now it's up to $250 million in climbing and corruption through the yin-yang. And yet we get no reports on this, and that's what he's trying to say. He's trying to say all throughout the state there are these opportunities to find out where have we been just letting the money flow, and then when we find out, we keep it a secret. That's the point about getting out investigative reporting that nobody in this state seems to care about if it's going to hurt the Democratic Party. Well, it doesn't even require uh, investigative reporting. It just requires reporting. It's a good point, James. However, there will also be a tipping point at some point. And we saw little little references towards this a few months ago when, what was it, six or nine months ago, whenever the, the governor's scandals were in the in the media. The, the media flipped very quickly quickly to wanting to report on the scandals and to wanting to ask questions of the governor. Now, I'm sure he was right on the phone talking to the general managers or the owners or whoever it was he could exercise some leverage that the Lamont administration or the governor himself could intimidate them to to go easy on him and to give him more favorable coverage. But But it's an indication of once a story starts to break, like once this becomes a clearly competitive race in the fall, and the governor's in danger of losing at some point. They will they will abandon him as fast as you've ever seen anyone get abandoned. And they will start reporting storylines in, in the opposite way. And they'll get on a big bandwagon about how the governor's campaign is falling apart. You just wait and see. 860-522-9842. Jim and Vernon. Hi, Jim. Hey, good afternoon. How are you? Um, I was just listening to Bob, and it was a good conversation. Um, I'm actually a state employee, and I get involved with the interviews for new hires. Currently, what the state has for retirement is a 401k. Uh, they deduct 5% from your salary right off the hop mm-hmm. and match it 1%. So the the tier system, I believe it's up to 4A now, has pretty much eliminated the so there's uh, no more pensions well for the for people like me that have been around for a while there still is no no i mean for people coming in today there's no pensions being offered it's not a pension it's a 401k cool and And that's across uh, the board you because you you didn't sound like you were saying that absolutely across the board for new employees good 
myself, I'm a tier two. I've been here for almost 38 years. So, um, so how do you feel when you hear the conversation about the the pensions and the, uh, the burden that they represent to the state? Well, underfunding is a big issue, and the thing is, like Bob said himself, you know, the, the promise was made, like like I said, 38 years ago to mm-hmm. me. Yep. To pull the rug out right now would be uh, a pretty, uh, you know, uh, a pretty big blow. But the fact that we are slowly changing, um, just about every contract, we've um, dumbed down the retirement and added contributions. And even even myself, I, I contribute. Um, but the funding, it, you can't argue that been underfunded it's been something that's been overlooked well yeah the whole state is is uh, basically being ruined by these obligations that were made and the failure to fund them and it's an incredible financial burden on everybody it's a remarkable situation uh, it shows how grotesquely corrupt the politics is and how i wouldn't say corrupt what would you call it to to destroy the state financially what do you call that <laughs> They, they try to show that they they have a um, surplus. I, I'm not sure it's corruption. I think it's the uh, worst kind. You know, they, they used to call corruption if you were taking a couple grand on the side to give somebody a license or something like that. Now they've made that effectively obsolete. And now they steal $100 billion or $150 billion, and they walk around smelling sweet and with people not wanting to call them corrupt. So I'm not picking on you, Jim, but I don't know what could be more corrupt than destroying the state of Connecticut financially and on the federal level doing the same thing, destroying the country financially while you walk around acting like you're doing good things. Oh, we have a moral responsibility to squander another $2 trillion. You know, it's craziness. So I'm not saying saying you're wrong about – you know, you deserve what you were promised, but everybody in the state was promised that they were going to get good governance. Even right now, the governor is pretending he's offering good governance as he mortgages. You know, he just recently kicked things, other debt, he refinanced. And and that's going to be exploding now that we're going into a recession and, and we've got this inflation going on. The, the debt is going to skyrocket. So I just don't know well, what the answer is, but I'm not saying you're I, wrong, I, I and I'm not yelling at you. No, 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 that's that's fine too, and and I'm not saying. Uh, all I'm saying is they are trying to go the other direction. What do you mean by um, that? Well, now the employees are paying for their own pension. Oh yes, uh, they're try- they're making it a little more fair. Yes, they're making it a lot more fair, and uh, you know the obligations. I don't know how they could even even um, our future governor said that they they can't take it away. Yes, but he also said there are ways we can restructure that that I'm sure there are where it would all be it would all work better and you guys would still be made whole, which is I think that's a doable solution. That's what I would seek if I were the person who were in that seat. I'd say we've got to face up to reality. This is a permanent crippling of the state that they've heaped upon us. And we've got to find a way out from under this burden. And that would require that you get rid of programs that aren't working, right? And cut budgets of things that really are just there because they help sustain the status quo, which means Democrats winning re-election. 
And that's one of the reasons we have to get Democrats out of office, because they're devoted to making sure that every single job that exists today continues to exist and that they get to expand the budgets of all the departments. And, and that you just can't keep doing that and say that's fine while we can't afford the status quo. And the, one more thing. Yes, sir. The, the numbers that we have as far as employees have decreased. Yes. Um, people are doing more with less. And I, I see that in my department. I see it in the other departments. Uh, human Resources is scrambling to take care of all the, um, the, the people that just retired because they had a little bit of an incentive. Um, I chose not to. Is I, I think I can still help with with our department. What kind of work and do you do, Jim? It's DOT. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else you want us to know? No, no. Thanks for uh, letting me uh, speak with you, and you have a nice weekend. Thank you, Jim. You too. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. It's it's remarkable that um, that there. The only thing, Jim was a great caller. The only thing he said that bothers me is the reluctance to say the word corrupt. There could be nothing more corrupt than the non-corrupt government of today because now they do legalized destruction on a much larger scale than the corruption that came before. They have destroyed the finances of the state of Connecticut in a permanent kind of way, and they have destroyed the finances of the country in a permanent kind of way. Kevin's in Hartford next on WTIC. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Todd. I, I find it very amusing when these state employees call in, complaining that they have, not necessarily complaining, but saying how the, oh, they're now contributing to their pension. Pensions in the private sector have gone away. They are no longer offered in the private sector for the most part. Uh, they, they used to be big back in the 1980s. They're no longer offered because they're too expensive for the company to offer them. And you've got this public sector that basically have these pensions that they're using for political power, uh, that they're offering the, basically to, to get votes from that, that huge block of uh, voters. Yeah, but why, why be mad at the, the workers as opposed to being mad at the government? Because they're out there saying now, oh, they're contributing now. They haven't contributed for the last 30 years or whatever. And even if they did, it was a very, very small amount. And now that they are contributing, guess what? The the rest of the world here, the rest of the country, basically, you you contribute to your own 401k plan. You start taking income off of that in retirement, the risk of running out of money, that's on you, the investor. Well, look, we all we we all know that it's a um, untenable situation, and I think Jim was reasonable about addressing it. And he was addressing it with the expectation. He didn't sound shocked when Bob said, "You know, maybe there's a way." I think what Bob was saying was maybe there's a way that um, we can keep you whole while also restructuring things so they're not so expensive. And I think those kinds of there there is a way. I believe there's a way. Yeah, and. and I mean, the pensions have to go. There's a reason why companies got rid of them. They're too expensive. And they're too expensive for the taxpayer to be on the hook for those pensions. And there's a reason why they haven't been eliminated. What is that? 
Uh, because it, it, it wields too much power for the uh, the politicians. Sure, because the votes of those, the rigged system they've created is bigger and more powerful than the people who created it. And now it's just required of you and everybody going to work every day that 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 money get paid because nobody's got the fortitude or the strength to eliminate the burden. So, so you have to keep going until you crash or until you get a leader willing to stand up. So I, I yeah. say corruption, yes. I say uh, Ned Lamont is a horrible human being for the way he's dealt with this, as is anybody else in the governor's position who won't face up to it and do something. Yeah, I think Bob is the perfect guy for that. Um, because you look at his experience at GE, I think he would do, he would do wonders for the state. So. Thank you, Kevin. Good to hear from you. Thank you. All right. 860-522-9842. Armin calling from Avon. Hi, Armin. Oh, uh, thanks for taking my call. I think that that caller that you had, the state employee, was it Jim? Yes. I, I, uh, I commend him for calling in, and I think he was genuinely sincere. Uh, Ge- he was what? Genuinely sincere in how he was trying to yes, say things. Yes, I think so. I think his reluctance to... You know, talk use the corruption word. Mm-hmm. I'd like to expand on that. Okay. So you heard the term the fish. The fish thinks from the head. <laughs> yes. Oh, Armand, you've disappeared on us. That's too bad. Let's. Uh, we'll try to get to you after the news if we can. Tom, hi. Yeah. Hey, that uh, state employee seemed like a nice guy, but uh, he and all the other state employees. They're all complicit because they turned their they turned away when everyone knew uh, we couldn't afford this stuff for the past thirty years, and they they voted with their own pocketbooks to put in the the democratic policies that have ruined this this state. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast baseball is in full swing nba playoffs are heating up and your nfl team is gearing up for training camp listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, we, we don't know on an individual level how each person has voted. And I know that well, there, there are a lot of, I hear from state workers who are not Democratic voters because they don't like that they've been put in the position of vulnerability that they are. So, so well, if, I, if you're I a agree. serious state worker, you should be really mad at the Democrats. Oh, I, I agree. And now one of my best buddies just retired from the uh, motor vehicle. And of course, he uh, uh, sold his house and moved to New Hampshire, but... <laughs> Why not? Uh, but he, at least he was honest. Every year he voted for the Republicans. He knew it was going to hurt his pocketbook. Yeah. But he had a he had a moral compass, and he he was in. He said maybe ten percent of the people thought like he did. Everyone else, they didn't care. They just wanted it. So I would feel sorry if that guy. I, I think states should go bankrupt. And they should lose their pensions. The only way that's uh, now it's not going to hurt me. I'm sixty. I'll probably be long and gone. But uh, a generation is coming up pretty soon where they're going to have to. Yeah. No, you're right. It's going to happen. I, I've got to leave you there, Tom, because we're late for our traffic update. Eight six zero five two two WTIC. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com/slash/podcast. I love this bump, but I think it needs a year off, Anthony. Good tune, but it's got to be other good tunes. All right, let's try Armand again, see if he can get his point out. Sorry about that, sir. No problem. So once again, Todd, the fish, it's stinker from the head down. Yes. So what happens is between the governor and his minions and the union leaders, whether it's AF, SCME, SEIU, CEU, uh, whatever union it is, the leaders get in a closed-door session with the governor, and what they do, and this is a great topic for Bob Stefanowski to speak on because he's a finance guy. Mm-hmm. What they do is they agree to an inflated discount rate. So what they do is they estimate that the return on investments is going to be much greater than what it is. Right, so they can cheat on what gets put away. They do a secret handshake, yeah. and what the governor and his team and his minions do is they have to save less money and invest less money. And the union gets to give more money in uh, bonuses, salaries, and benefits. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been a way they've manipulated. And that's why we've been over fun, underfunded for so long. Yes. Because they've constantly inflated the discount rate to give the perception that there was enough being right. saved as opposed to where the money was really going. Just for people who don't understand, I just want to explain that what Armand is explaining is the the way in which they rig the numbers to, to pretend that it's all going to work out financially when they know it isn't. And that allows the government to be able to spend money that doesn't exist in buying votes today instead of paying for votes that were already purchased in the past. And that's the big thing. And then you're saying they get a similar benefit inside the union as well. Right, exactly. So I would suggest Bob would be an excellent person to speak on this mm-hmm. and talk historically how they've used the discount rate to underfund the pensions. Yeah. 
All right, good idea. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate your patience as well. We've got Chuck in Berlin. Hi, Chuck. Hi, how are you today? Go ahead. You've only got 30 seconds, so run for it. So real quick, to Armin's point, what I was calling about is 40 years ago, the punch pension fund in Connecticut was had a surplus of money. And, and the gentleman before that called in and didn't want to call it corrupt, well, when the, when the state started to do poorly, they robbed the money from the pension fund. Mm-hmm. And pension has always been a contributory of the employee and the employer. And if it, if it works correctly, it, it should work unless it's underestimated the returns on the investment because it's nothing more than a... Well, it also requires that the money get put away, right? Well, exactly, exactly. And now, unfortunately for the state workers, there's not enough money to pay out the debt. And I don't know what the answer is for that, but, you know... The, the answer is lying. serious people running the government who actually want to stop lying to everybody, I think, because it's, it's ridiculous. Thank you, Chuck. Back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Scrappy, this music is. You know when this is from, Anthony? Uh, 1968. Wow, that's a really good guess. I think it's a tad earlier, maybe 67, but I could be totally wrong. But you hear the rawness in it. I love this song. Is it? But. It's not so much for me the song, but the ambiance of it. Mm-hmm. Like you can feel the people. I remember when I was like 13 being in a club with some big, relatively big underground band playing. And, you know, I in the, the, the crazy lights, everything was, you had to project The weird. smoke machine. Yes, yeah, and, yeah. And, um, and blobs of color on a, some kind of plastic thing being projected onto the walls. Of, yeah, like Pink Floyd kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. and, and this, this was the feeling of the sound in the room and uh, people making out and all it, the, the, <laughs> the total sexuality and, and uh, revolution in the air. And this song captures, I just think it's an amazing piece of work. Are we at the live? I've just been listening to this song a lot lately. Have you really? Yeah, I like is, it. A is lot. this the the lead? Yeah, let's hear the solo. I think so. Yeah, play this. I don't think anything else sounds like this. Well, it's like they had like not the greatest recording equipment, and it's still so good, you know. I don't even remember if it was a live track or not. This or one, just... this version's live. Oh, it is? I don't know if the studio version's different. The I think it is. The studio version sounds like this, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm crazy. All right. A little a little journey back into the past. 860-522-WTIC. Neil in Bristol. Hi, Neil. Hey, Todd. Um, I was just sitting here while I'm cooking up some bacon for my burgers that are going on the grill. Stop it. You do a multi-phase process on the, on the grilling to. of the burgers? This is glorious. I got, I got some thick-cut black pepper bacon. Oh, and... man. Does that sound good? <laughs> I don't even amazing. want the burger. I just want the bacon. <laughs> Me too. Uh, anyway, I'm thinking, in this heat wave, yeah. so hypothetically, if everybody in this nation bought all the electric cars yep. and went to their charging stations or their home charging station and plugged them all in. Okay. <laughs> what's going to happen? Oh, they will have bands. They'll have charging bands. And there'll every, be... Every source, 
Yes, they will. They'll be shutting off all those new plugs, uh, those sockets they're installing around the country. They'll they'll order them shut off. There'll be a presidential order. These people are crazy. It's just they they can't even handle a heat wave. All conservative resource says, oh, they can't even handle a summertime heat wave. That's why it feels to me like a plot to reach a moment where nothing will work. And then they can say the only cure for this is big government. That, exactly. And we have to help you. Yes. We need bigger government. We need to raise taxes. We need another $50 trillion unfunded spending program. You know, they'll just not, keep not going until government. until California tumbles into the sea. <laughs> and it's going to happen. <laughs> All right, Todd. That was just my uh, bacon, bacon frying thought. So how are you cooking the bacon? Oh, it's right in the frying pan on the oven. I, can, I could hear it. You are, yeah, yeah I, I hear it. I hear it in my earbuds. You, you are hardcore, yeah. Neil. I love that. Perfect. Splatter a yeah, little on awesome. your form so you get some little pink spots there from the burn. I'll take care of it. Thank you, sir. All right. Later. He's getting impatient, you hear? Because it's getting too hot <laughs> in the pan. He's got to get back to the food. You know, it's something that intrigues me, though, when, I, when we think about, oh, we need big government. We need it to help us. We need it to save us. We already have it. It's it's here. Oh, but I don't they want understand. it bigger. Uh, but Democrats routinely admit that our government doesn't work and it needs to be fixed. And when you look around, most of it is run by Democrats, and they're the ones implementing all these things that hold us back. So what? We want bigger government to hold us back even more? That's the whole like Bernie Sanders thing that I don't get. So I haven't had time to talk about this, but I'm glad you mentioned this. So on, on the, um, the Connecticut section of the paper today, there's this story, employers add 1,700 jobs in June. Now, first of all, why are they saying employers add the, add the jobs instead of the governor? Does you it know, say or the, state, the president. state facilities? Or, no, you know, no, no, no. Yeah. These are private sector jobs for the most part. But, but they told the truth and said that employers did it rather than government did it. Because government, of course, doesn't hire people, doesn't create jobs. It just redirects money that other people created. But this, um, the important part of the story is not the part they tell you as the lead of the story. The lead of the story is employers in Connecticut added 1,700 jobs in June, helping push the unemployment rate down to 4%, the lowest since March 2020, as if that's an accomplishment, as if having a low unemployment rate in this case is good. The reason the unemployment rate is so good is because the workers have left the state. The workers have been chased out of the state by the government. That's why the unemployment rate is so low. There's nobody to hire. Then several paragraphs into the story, Chris DePentima, president of the Connecticut Business and Industry Association, said Connecticut's job growth of 0.9% this year is half the national rate and the second slowest rate in New England. He cited the state's slow-growth labor force, which is down about 49,000 jobs over the past two and a half years. If every unemployed person in the state was hired tomorrow, we would still have a staggering 44,000 job openings. So the reason we have an unemployment rate that is so low is because the workers have left. They've abandoned the state, and the jobs can't be filled because people won't live here, because people can't afford to live here. 
this is, I'm just citing this in response to what Anthony was saying about the government-induced tragedy. So they thought nothing of shutting down the state, destroying the economy, and leaving it permanently damaged. And that's the condition we're in right now. So don't get excited when you see the unemployment rate. The governor, the liar that he is, will talk about the unemployment rate like it's an accomplishment, like it's a, something, a, a positive flag to wave, because he's counting on you being dumb enough to fall for that lie. Well, it's funny, because I just saw the Ned Levant ad right behind you, too, and it was like, Stefanowski, A rating from the NRA, endorsed by Trump, while you're saying all of that. Oh, that's good. I like it. <laughs> Politics everywhere. Everywhere you look. Barbara and Avon, what's going on? Hey, Todd and Anthony. Um, so, before I get into my thing, was that the cream? Before you get into your thing, what color is the thing you're going to get into? I'm picturing like a purple dress for the evening. No, no, I'm, I'm thinking of a slab of bacon. Oh, a slab of bacon you're going to wear. Yeah, that will keep you cool. That, yeah, I mean, who, didn't Lady Gaga wear a slab of uh, beef? Yeah, her? she did. And she yeah, made it yeah. sizzle. She did. Yeah. Um, but was that the cream, the band? What was the band? Cream, yes. Yeah, yeah that cream, was cream, cream, yeah. It was cream. Eric Clapton, okay. Jack yes. Bruce, Ginger Baker. Ginger Baker, yes. The maniacal drummer. Oh, yeah. Um, so you were talking about bacon, and it seems like you really like bacon. So Love I bacon. I just wanted to tell you how I cook bacon, because it's, okay. uh, it's fabulous. All right, you bake it? I'm baking with the bacon, and so you put. I always put aluminum foil in the, in the like the cookie sheet or a flat pan or yep. something, you know, to catch all the the grease. Because then I pour that off and uh, use it for frying fish, which is delicious. Oh, anyway, I like that. So, yeah, it, I'll tell you, it's the best. That's in the old days. That's how they always did it, and it always tastes fantastic. So, um, you put the bacon in on the this. this pan with the aluminum foil on top, uh, the bacon on top. Give us the quick foil. version, Barbara. Give us okay. the Reader's Digest. The, put it in a cold oven. Turn the oven up to 450, and mm -hmm. you're all set. By the time it reaches 450, it's done. And and you do that because you, you don't lose as much of the bacon to shrinkage? No, because it just cooks it so tenderly beautiful, and it never gets hard and crispy. Love and me tender. It's so good. Love me too. Yeah. All right, Barbara. It's not even food hour yet, and you're already uh, getting us going. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great weekend. 860-522-9842. Kevin West Hartford. Hi, Kevin. Hi. Uh, oh, Wait, that's all the excitement you can muster for a hello? Yeah, that's enough. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if I read the numbers correctly uh, in, in Hartford Current this morning. The total dollar amount of unfunded liabilities in Connecticut is $40 billion. No. It's uh, they and, say uh, it's eighty seven billion or something or well, eighty nine. I'm, I'm just pointing out what was said on you know okay. in the current it said I thought it said forty billion. I'll go back and reread it. But anyways, the bottom line was that Lamont is using four point four billion or something like that to pay it down, some mm -hmm. of it. Yep. And we got a surplus, granted, but where's all the money coming from? Most of it's come from federal programs yes. or COVID funds that were given to us. Yes. Well, that's that the same for thing. The, for, that were for the uh, constituents, the uh, recipients in Connecticut. To make life just, better, yes. And not just a pension fund that's been unfunded all these decades. As a matter of fact, it specifically forbids the use of the money for... That's, that's what I'm leading up to, okay. okay? Now, what concerns me, when I look at the whole picture in Connecticut, the fiscal position it has right now, we're never going to get out of this. 
And I'm disappointed that Stefanowski and uh, Lamont, they're misleading us. I mean, they're all saying they have a plan. A plan for what? We can't exist like this for the next 20 years. We won't even be out of this mess. It took us 20, 30 years to get into it to begin with, uh, going back through all the prior uh, governors, including Roland, and no one's addressed it. Yes, right but now, the purpose... I, 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 Go ahead, Kim. Stefanowski, he's got a business background, and he, make, he, he accents that quite often. And I don't like Lamont at all. But I'm surprised Stefanowski hasn't pointed out the fact from a business standpoint, this is at the point now where it's almost impossible. We really have only one escape clause, and that's some chapter under the umbrella of bankruptcy. Well, the option would be, because you can't really bankrupt a state, except to... How do you do that? Cities have done it before. There is no mechanism. Cities are entities that sit inside of states, so states can have bankruptcy laws for cities. You can create one and, and, and sell it to the court system and come up with a plan and a program that could be acceptable by the judicial system, where they would be paying, uh, uh, agreeing to nickels, dimes, or quarters on the dollar to all the outstanding debt holders. <laughs> it's possible, I guess, yeah. Yes, it is possible. I'm a business consultant, uh-huh. okay? If I was hired by the state of Connecticut, which I've done for companies that were really on the threshold on the borderline for bankruptcy and gone through this, this is a prime example. This is impossible. Well, what if you knocked, what if you, what is it, 24 billion a year, the spending in the state? What if you just knocked that down to 20 billion and took 4 billion a year? But there are legal agreements in place that prevent us from doing that, mainly through the unions. Right. Job guarantees, right. position guarantees. Yeah, so what you would need to do is get public support for. You're get it. What's that? You know, the public's naive. They'll follow anybody who's yes, got but, more candy in their basket. Um, you know, most people aren't getting the candy. The candy goes to a few. They're not, they're not going nuts about this right now. No, I mean, they're not going. But what we're not talking about right now, we're talking about a possible future, Kevin. So Kevin doesn't like to have conversations, I guess, but he makes good points, nevertheless. He just hung up because it came time for me to discuss with him how we might actually solve it. <laughs> and he goes running off to Barbara's house to have some bacon and that tastes delicious out of her oven and says sound good. But not I don't know. What was the guy's name before he's cooking the bacon? Oh, who was that? That was that was good. He made that sound he's cooking the bacon in advance, which for his burgers that he's gonna make later. Who does that? I think that was Neil. Yeah, Bristol. that was Neil. Yeah. yeah. So um we have the food hour coming up and we're not talking about bacon. It's not the bacon hour. But we are going to talk about hot weather refreshers of any kind. What do you do to refresh with food in the hot weather? What comes to mind, even if you don't do it, but what's your fantasy? 860-522-9842. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 